This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In this 47th edition of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Ryan Bibb, Pastor Josh Harum, myself, Pastor JB, talk a bit more about some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We spend some time talking about the threefold purpose of the gift of prophecy, and that's exhortation, encouragement, and comfort. Here's Ryan, Josh, and myself with Radiant Reflections. Well, welcome back to Radiant Reflections. My name is Josh Harriman, I'm joined once again by my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb. How are you doing this morning, Ryan? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. This is episode 47 of Radiant Reflections, which I'm going to say right out of the gate here, we are quickly approaching episode 50. We've said this before uh, on this podcast. Uh, for our 50th episode, we want to give you, the listeners and the viewers, input on what we talk about. So if you have questions, whether it's theological, church-related, or totally random, uh, we want to encourage you to send those questions to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That email address is podcast at theradiantlife.church. Submit your question, and the panel of pastors will be myself, Pastor Ryan, Pastor JB, and Pastor Brandon. For the 50th episode, we will uh, work through those questions and and, and just tr- try our best to answer them. Some of them you know, are going to be more challenging than others. But just based on the questions that have come in so far, we've got a mix of some serious, some theological, some, yeah, super random. Like nothing is off the table. So, are you sure nothing? Is well, off we'll the see. Table. I mean, nothing that has come in so far is off the table. Okay. Right. <laughs> and we try to we try to cover whatever people will uh, send in. So, there you yeah, go. I'm excited to see the questions because I haven't seen them yet. Yeah, it's it, the list is growing. So that's good. I'm excited. Well, hey, we are in our series, Holy Spirit, here at Radiant Life. We uh, recently had, and you should be able to listen to uh, on your podcast platform or at the radiantlife.church slash media, the latest installment, which would be part five in our Holy Spirit series, and talked a little bit about the misunderstanding of some of the spiritual gifts Uh, In Scripture, we see that followers of Jesus have spiritual gifts. Uh, Last episode, episode 46, you were able to sit in on a roundtable conversation, an interdenominational roundtable conversation about the gifts, and now we want to continue the conversation and and talk a little bit about some of the the misunderstandings. Um, Today's resource, I said before, like we've got resources, right? Today's resource is by Francis Chan, his book called Forgotten God. Uh, He has this quote as he starts it off. He says, there is a gap between what we read in Scripture about the Holy Spirit and how most believers and churches operate today. Uh, And through this series, it is our goal to try to close that gap to where what we we read in Scripture about Holy Spirit and the way we actually live our lives and, and invite Holy Spirit into our lives, that there isn't a discrepancy there. But uh, another line that Francis Chan has in that book, Ryan, is he says, if I were Satan and my ultimate goal was to thwart God's kingdom and purposes, one of my main strategies would be to get churchgoers to ignore the Holy Spirit. Right? And that's, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about that at, at the front end. Uh, but today, again, piggybacking on this message about misunderstanding spiritual gifts, how might Satan also use a wrong or incomplete understanding of how Holy Spirit moves to achieve his purposes? 
and which is kind of maybe a little dangerous. I'm, I'm basically asking you to like peek inside the mind of the devil. <laughs> but no, I, I mean Francis Chan's quote is accurate first and foremost about um, get churchgoers to ignore the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was listening to a, a pastor, and he said um, he was in seminary, and the seminary he went to, his professor actually told him. Um, hey, when you guys get out into church world and you guys are looking at churches and applying at churches to be pastors, um, be very careful about those who talk about the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and he, and I mean, he was young and he took that advice because that's all he knew. But then he was like, I just realized as he grew up and matured and developed an intimate relationship with Holy Spirit, he realized that my professor not that he meant to harm the students, but he realized his professor was literally saying, ignore a third of who God is. And um, it, it's true. And I think today when you hear believers in the church world, anytime they mention Holy Spirit, there is a stigma out there that means like, oh, you're going to be weird now, right? And so, yeah, um, there is that. What the devil's trying to do, I think, there is distort a lot of who Holy Spirit is. And we just got to get to a basic understanding, a more biblical, and this is what we're trying to do is clarify that kind of stuff, right? Get back to the Bible and not get that. So that's the one avenue. The other avenue is, hey, yeah, l let me mess with the gifting too. Like I don't want, I can imagine if I was an enemy of God to make sure, first and foremost, I don't want you to know about the person living inside of you and with you. Second of all, I don't want you to know about the power he, you, you have. And third of all, I don't want you to know about this other gift that you have to edify and lift up the body and get the name of Jesus out there, right? So ways to do it is um, let's have people abuse it. Let's have people misunderstand and misrepresent maybe a lot of the gifting area. And that's where I think we, when we see it, we kind of put our arm's length from it and say, hey, I don't want that. Get that one's weird. Um, that particular gifting is a little strange or odd. And we put our arm's length away and say, you know what? Holy Spirit, just try to behave yourself. Give me a gift that is I can understand. It's more natural. Um, teaching is more natural than tongues or healing, <laughs> give me that one because I don't fully understand these other ones. And I just think the enemy can get in there and twist and, and um, even make, I, I think there's a point too of like we're fearful of some of the gifts that we can't understand. So, I mean, which is interesting. You know, so Francis Chan in Forgotten God, he talks about this idea that there are, he talks about two fears that people have regarding Holy Spirit. And when we pray, you know, hey, you know, we've been talking about this, this idea of we should pray that Holy Spirit would fill us. Mm -hmm. He says there are two fears that people have. The first fear is people, they're, they're, they're fearful that they'll pray that, but then God won't show up. Like, so, so it almost like stunts their, stunts their prayer life because they're like, oh, well, I want to pray for Holy Spirit. What if I pray that and, and my life isn't radically changed? And so, and so that actually like changes the way they pray. He says the other fear people has is when they pray, Holy Spirit, fill me is that he will show up, <laughs> you know, and, the, and that he'll, he'll, he'll lead you to do something that's uncomfortable or he'll, he'll take you into conversations or places or, or activities that, that you don't want to do or you don't want to be a yeah. part of. So, yeah, that, that yeah. fear is a... You know, I, and I've been sharing throughout this series that we've been doing that, I, you know, during my chair time, my quiet times, I pray, Holy Spirit, every morning, Holy Spirit, fill me. I realize just in my own journey 
in the last couple of days, I didn't realize I was doing this. Now I changed that prayer up and I pray, God, I just don't want to be filled. I want to be overflowing. So it's like that constant. I just have a picture of a cup that's just being filled, but mm. it's not just to the top. That thing, there's a continual filling where it's not filling, but I'm overflowing now too. Which, which ties into the, the purpose, and we'll talk about this a little bit more over the course of this episode, right? But, I mean, the, the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit is building up the church, right? We, we talk about a full cup. Like, hey, I'm full. Great. I have what I need, but it's, in, it's, not, an, it's not for me, right? It's, it's for the people around me. It's right. for the church. There are right? certain gifts that are for you, but it's also for you, but it's for them. And I think that's where even some Christians just get st- stuck, I think, sometimes is that, Oh, it's for me. I mean, the church in Corinth got stuck. I mean, there was some misunderstanding, but they definitely got stuck in elevating certain gifts over the others, like elitism, if you will. Like, oh, you're more spiritual than I am because you have that gift. And that's what Paul was like, no, 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 no. You've made that gift about you, not about the edifying and lifting up of the body of Christ. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, I mean, and that's kind of a, in a sense, a litmus test Two, you know, Francis Chan talks about that. He doesn't call it a litmus test, right? But I mean, when he talks about like, oh, hey, I've got this gift, like I'm, I'm this, you know, you know, he talks about this idea that a, a, a really good sign that Holy Spirit is actually working is that Christ is magnified, not me. Yeah. Right. So, so if, if I'm if I'm walking in something, I'm saying, oh, there's it's this spiritual gift, but I'm using it in a way that that draws attention to me or that right. puffs me up. Uh, I don't know if that's Holy Spirit, right? Because right. his role is to point people to Jesus. Always. Uh, I, yep. love, I love uh, the prayer that, that Francis Chan has in here. He says, he, he says, let's pray that God would empower us so radically that we would get no glory. You know, like that, that Holy Spirit would move in such a way that, that everyone around you knows, okay, this isn't this person acting of their own strengths, their own gifts, their own their own uh, natural abilities, this is one hundred percent Holy Spirit. But and it's exciting when you get to live into that. But there are certain ways to live into that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember if it was last. It's been a while since we've actually sat in these chairs. <laughs> um, you know, because we were entering the holiday season here. But um, you know, we we talked about it. I think it was the last time you and I were together on the podcast. We actually said, you know, like it's that that surrender and yielding. Yeah, yeah. actually go full all in, which I'm going to stop talking because I'm going to divulge all, into right. s- this coming Sunday's message oh, too okay. much. Don't want don't to give it away. <laughs> so I need don't to back up. It and it'll be next week's podcast. <laughs> so now in this in this uh, teaching on misunderstanding the spiritual gifts, you, you focused on four things primarily. Uh, tongues, prayer language, baptism in the Holy Spirit, and prophecy. Uh, if you look at those four things, why do you think those are... In particular, gifts that have been misunderstood or, uh, or maybe ab- even abused. Yeah, I years. mean, why, you, why those four in particular? You could have added other ones. I think healing could be in there too. I think I went after not went after. That's horrible. I think I discussed those because those are something that I believe the natural human mind just doesn't fully understand hmm. or get. Uh, when you, when you talk tongues, it's so, I've heard from so many people who have that gifting that sit there and go, it's, it was so uh, unnatural at first, right? When, when that gifting came on me, it was so unnatural. 
in a lot of in a discussion I was just having with another godly person, sat there and said, like, my mind wanted to fight it because it was so unnatural. And I wanted it to fit in my natural mind because mm. I want to understand it. And so there's that aspect, right? We I, I, I don't think any I think there are a lot of us who want to sit there and go, I want to fully understand something before I go all in with something. And um, I think that's faith. And just trust that we don't have to have it fully figured out. But yet, at the same time, we can rest in God's peace and understanding, knowing you're a good father with good gifts. And if you have good gifts, I want it. Even if my own little mind cannot comprehend it, I don't need to comprehend it. That's what just my understanding is with the gifts. I don't need to fully comprehend it. It's a trusting that my good father is giving me a good good gift that will lift up others. And I'm going to trust it's good even though I fully don't understand it. And I just think those four that we talked about, it's just misunderstanding. And I think human people have kind of, we've just, sometimes we've allowed flesh to just mishandle those things. Right? We're, we're flesh and spirit. Flesh and spirit. And uh, we got to be ruled by the spirit, not the flesh. And sometimes the flesh comes in and twists mm. here and there. And I think those four particularly got a little twisted. And we've seen it. I don't know. Yeah. So let's not, not tongues in the sense of, of speaking a, a, a language that others can understand. Right? Because you did kind of differentiate between the two. Yeah. I mean, and we see that, the practical application in scripture of that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the on the note of like a personal prayer language, right? Is this something that uh, you know really each one of us should? Now, Holy Spirit is the one who <laughs> he dispenses the gifts. You know, we can't we can't say some magic formula and and boom, I've got a personal prayer language. I mean, it doesn't right. work like that. But is this something that you think each of us should desire? In that, you know, you talked about you know the gifts are for the building up of the body, yep. but this one would be more. In, in a sense, and not me focused, right? but I mean, this is one that when applied how we see it in scripture, this would have the potential to lead to a deeper, more intimate relationship between me and God. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, so if that is the case, should each of us ask God for that? I would say oh. yes. According to what Paul writes in Corinthians chapter 14, he says, eagerly desire the gifts. But then, yes, he says, especially prophecy, which it's funny that, again, that's the one that he points out, especially this one, go after this one. But he does say, eagerly desire the gifts. So that would be included within the gifts. So, yeah, I had, pray for it. Pray for all the gifts. But the, just we got to remember that the Holy Spirit is the one that distributes the gifts. And there's nothing you can do to earn that gift. That gift is a free gift given to you. Um, and again, there are gifts, I think, that are given for certain seasons at certain times and everything. And sure, it does seem like this prayer language is a very, and I read the message um, paraphrase of 1 Corinthians, is it 14, 14 two? About it's, it's when my spirit prays, it's like the intimacies hmm. with the spirit. Type thing. So yeah, that particular gift is edifying for the believer. It lifts up their spirit um, more than the other gifts. The other gifts are more for the edif- edification, the encouragement of the body of believers. 
But absolutely, let's live, let's live out what Paul says, eagerly desire the gifts. But with that, and this is one of the things, and again, I'll, I'll actually, I will, I will formally <laughs> recommend, uh, one of the things I love in, in Forgotten God, Francis Chan talks about some of the, the barriers from us experiencing Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of those things is, is motives. Right, so you know when we talk about pursuing the gifts, uh, you know whether it's a prayer language, whatever it is, as we pursue Holy Spirit, uh, checking our heart to say, hey, what are my motives behind this? Do I want this on any level? Because then I'll be, oh man, yeah, I've got the gift of. It puffs you up. I've got the gift of healing, right? I mean, because I, I don't, I'm not going to make a definitive statement, but I don't know if, I don't know if Holy Spirit will give us gifts. If our motive in desiring them is self-focused, right? Because again, Holy Spirit gives us gifts to build the body, point people to Jesus. Yeah, <clears throat> it isn't about us yeah. looking really cool. No, and you can sit there and pray the rest of your life for a gift, and the Holy Spirit just does not, but does not give that gift to you. But the Holy Spirit also knows that gift will not be for you because it's not good for you, right? And we got that's where we trust Holy Spirit in it. The Holy Spirit knows what's good for us in that moment. And it may be, I'm making this up, it may be like Josh is praying for a prayer language and stuff and Holy Spirit's just not going to give it because Holy Spirit knows, listen, Josh, it will puff you up. And Holy Spirit doesn't want that to happen in your life. So he's like, hey, there's other gifts for you that are going to be awesome this, I know this one will puff you up. I'm not going to release this one. But all the other ones, they're going to be activated, and they're going to be awesome. But we've got to eagerly desire the gifts. I'm just wondering if we actually eagerly desire the gifts. Or do we like, wait, gifts? Like what? Like, oh no, here comes the weirdness again. Like, <laughs> no. That's what I love. I love the series. I, I, this is one of the most enjoyable. I love all of our series, but I mean, the, some oh, that are like... That. I don't know. This one is just, I think this one's special. Right. I mean, avoiding the weirdness. We want to avoid the weirdness, right? Because there are people that have made it weird. And we've talked about that in previous episodes and previous messages. But again, not also not over-defining weird. Right. Because what Holy Spirit, it might seem weird to you. Yes. But if it's truly from Holy Spirit, then again, it's that trust thing, you know, like yep. you're saying. Yep. And we have to lean in and say, hey, if... If he's only going to give me something good, if he's going to give me something that's going to build up the body, yeah. if he's going to give me something that points people to Jesus, yeah. me and my flesh might say, that's really freaking weird. Like, but yeah. and, and we have to understand, spiritual gifts are supernatural gifts. Mm-hmm. So the supernatural and the natural feels weird. Yeah. Slightly weird. But I think we as spiritual beings ought to get used to the supernatural. That's what our eyes and our focus is, is the supernatural. So, sure, it can feel odd. Like, all of a sudden, you have, now this doesn't happen with everyone, but I know some people that have literally the gift of healing feel tingling in their hands when they're praying over someone. Like, that would be like, what is happening? You know, that would feel one of those odd things in your body. I normally don't get tingling sensations in my hand, but when I pray for someone for healing, that's what I feel. You know, yeah, that's a little different than normal right mm-hmm. the, the normal experience because you normally aren't feeling that and again that is not everyone that has the gift of healing experiences that i just know certain individuals that have that gift that's that's what they that's what they have told me that's what they feel when they pray that's just not normal because they're driving in the car and they don't feel their hands tingling but when they pray the activation of the gift it's what it is, but yeah it's 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 
we just got to get to the idea that this can be absolutely beautiful used in the biblical right way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so back when we did our roundtable with Pastor Luke and Pastor Dave, we talked a little bit about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I think Pastor Luke uh, spent a little bit of time on this. And uh, But for those that didn't hear that episode yet, which I would encourage them to go back and listen to this. It was in episode 46. Um, we talked about the idea that you know baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't necessarily this big, you know, because we, we read about Pentecost. And we think, oh, well, that's what it is. Like, it's going to be this one-time big event, like fireworks and, you know, streamers and, and the whole nine yards. Uh, talk <laughs> briefly about how baptism in the Holy Spirit isn't just a one-time event. Um, but it can be a one-time event. But, again, we but, I mean, but moving on that to it where it can, it's, absolutely. Right. But, but we, we don't want to say, like, well, it will it. always be this right. big. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's happened to our own staff members that would say, literally, when I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it happened in the moment. But we have staff members who would also sit there and go, the baptism of the Holy Spirit for me and my life and my walk with Jesus has been a progressional thing of the more I surrender and yielding, the more I'm immersed with the Holy Spirit and who he is. Um, and I think there's a caution out there, though, that we as believers, the caution is that we want to place our faith journey and life events on people, other believers. So the caution here is, hey, just because the one-time event, which we also see in Scripture, of um, the baptism or the filling of the Holy Spirit coming down on people in a big event, um, just because some have experienced that, we can't put that into the box and say that's the method that God uses all the time. Because others have sat there and go, it has been a slow immersion in my life of surrendering and yielding to Holy Spirit where now I would say I am consumed by the Holy Spirit. And so it's just in danger too of, I mean, we, we have that too also of like, oh, this study is the study that completely changed my life as a follower of Jesus. So everybody should do Everyone this Everyone should go through the study. And it's like... Well. No, nah, I don't need to. Like, praise God, it worked in your life, but that believer over there may not need that either. That one may. But we don't need to force everyone into that study because it's changed you right. in your journey. Holy Spirit leveraged what was in that study to, to right. transform you, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that he will leverage that to transform right. everybody. And so, yeah, we just got to be, be cautious with it, but it is a surrender and willing to a point where... Baptism, immersion, being fully consumed by Holy Spirit and things of the Lord. Oh, man, it's awesome when you fully get into that. And, uh, yeah, some people experience in the one, boom, there it is. Other people experience, as Pastor Luke said, one of our brothers in Christ um, at another church here in town have said, like he said, um, I'm seeing more and more as, as he is pastoring and discipling people that this is not just a one-time thing. I see it a progression over over years in someone's life where they get there. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about prophecy. So you, you brought up... Do you want me to predict your future? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, I said that tongue-in-cheek. There you go, there you go. Well, I mean, so on that note, you talked about the difference between foretelling 
yeah. right? Which is this more future-oriented, hey, these are things that are going to happen. And we see that in Scripture. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you have, you have prophets uh, you know, telling Israel and telling Judah, these are the things that are going to happen if you don't get your crap together. We have, you know, countless prophecies about Christ before he's born. I mean, so yeah. that is an element of prophecy. Yeah. However, the other aspect is forth-telling. Yeah. Uh, the Baker Bible Dictionary, for those of you that like Sources to be able to go back and check, which I would encourage, uh, says this: Forthtelling is the prophet's chief ministry, calling the people to mercy and justice, to obedience to the law and fidelity to God. So, in in uh, the message in part five of Holy Spirit series, right? You told people, hey, if if a prophetic word, right? This this instance where somebody comes to you and says, hey, I have a word for you from God. Um, you know, you said, if it isn't something that's strengthening, encouraging, or comforting, you said, hey, we should probably question whether or not that word is from God. For maximum clarity, because I think in a lot of ways we live in a culture where uh, we're, we're very positivity-oriented and we don't like hearing uncomfortable things, lest somebody write off anything spoken to them that isn't positive, let's take a little bit of time to unpack each of those three criteria that Paul gives us, the strengthening, the encouragement, and the comfort. Um, and then I'll have you just kind of give us some examples of those different things. Uh, so the first one is strengthening, which some translations of Scripture will say edifying, or you know, this is uh, building up. It promotes another's growth in Christian wisdom or piety, happiness, holiness. So <clears throat> unpack that one a little bit. Like, I mean, just like practically speaking, hey, if somebody comes to you with a word that is strengthening, what does that look like? Both in, in ways that are clearly, you know, positive, and you gave an example of something positive in the message, but also ways that you could strengthen somebody, but it might not come across as positive. Does that make sense? William? Uh, yeah, 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 a little. I'm, I'm looking up the verse that I used. Uh, it would have been uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. 3. Yeah. That's, uh, I was in 1 Corinthians 14, but uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, here's what Paul says to the Church of Corinth. Uh, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for, then he tells them the three things. This is it. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And I said in my message, that's the test of a prophetic word or prophecy right there. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. That's your three-prong, three-legged stool test. Now, that always doesn't mean when that comes to you that it's going to be roses and every sunshine, unicorns, and rainbows. It's going to mean that this word will end up strengthening you, possibly um, encourage or comfort you. But I also truly believe that this is, again, what's sandwiched in between 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts, of, some of the gifts of the Spirit, and 1 Corinthians 14, the rules and boundaries of the gifts, what's sandwiched right in between is love. I truly believe you cannot experience and have the gifts of the Spirit if love is not there. So it is always out of love. We use the gifts out of love type thing. So that doesn't mean I can give you an encouraging prophetic word of, of saying an encouraging word that would be strengthening, encouraging, or comforting up for you, 
Hold on. I'm going to let me highlight it. JB, speaking to the, it's the Greek word paraklesis uh, for exhortation, the strengthening one. And it means to implore or exhort solace slash comfort, consolation, exhortation, or entreaty. So with that word implore, like you, you're coming to a person to implore them. To, to like you're saying, it's not always roses. It can be, it actually can be a challenge and, and a poke. And, but in love. Oh, it has to be. Only in love. So I can sit be. there and not know the sins in your life, but yeah. listen, go and say, hey, you are headed on the wrong track. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you, God has given me a word that if you get this stuff together and he's loving you in the midst of it, there's going to be incredible things on the other side of this thing. But I challenged you and poked you in love sitting there going, hey, Josh, you're on the wrong track, my friend. You are, type stuff. But I, you know, <laughs> I sent him a message. Here's, here is the issue with the word, the gifting of prophecy. 80, you can look at almost every single um, Bible dictionary, any commentary on this, anything on prophecy. They will say 20% of the time it's used for foretelling. 80% of the time, it's used for forthtelling, the message of encouragement, um, the strengthening, encouraging, the comfort. The issue is what we see today is it's swung, the pendulum has swung over the other end that we, every time I feel like believers hear the word prophecy, it means a message about end times. Mm. That's like what it's swung to. It's just like significant swing to this end times prophetic. I mean, people, again, I... I I want to say this in love about people who sit there and go, I know when the world's going to end. I have a prophetic word. The world is going to end on this day. Like, everyone who said that, the days have already always passed that day. Um, And so we've just swung so hard into this, predicting the future and the end times. That's where all of a sudden I think a lot of believers, your, your average Christian American churchgoer, I think that's their lenses, if you will, perspective on the word prophecy is end times thinking. Right, but you also, I mean, you look at, like, why would somebody, like, do this? I mean, it's way sexier to be able to tell the future, right? I mean, JB, what you had, you had something well, and, you had to And the in. criteria in the Old Testament to judge a prophet is really serious. I mean, there's no 99.9% accuracy. It's either 100% accurate yep. or that person is labeled a false prophet yep. and that's very very serious in god's eyes right yeah right which we also we have to counter with i mean because the you know maybe the the over uh cautious approach to protect against that would be uh anytime somebody says i've got a word from god dude first uh, <laughs> thessalonians 5 20 right yeah. don't don't dis- don't yeah. show contempt for prophecies i'm meaning more like you know, what like, ryan was saying you got people uh like harold camping who's now i hope gone on to be with the lord he shared two times in the last decade actual months, days, and years that Jesus would be returning. He shared a prophetic word. He was, in both of those instances, a false prophet, according right. to the scriptures. Dangerous. Which he clearly didn't read where Jesus said, <laughs> no man knows the hour. <laughs> yeah. 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 He skipped over that verse. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, so that's, uh, which I learned about the strengthening, which similar then, the next word, you know, encouragement. The other word, you know, like JB, you said exhort, right? Exhortation. Yeah, so this, again, is not a word where it's just like, ah, go get him, tiger. You know, I mean, there, there can be a, I, I don't want to say harsh, because, again, it's delivered in love, 
Right. But like it, not all peaches and, and cream, you know. No, you can have an encouraging prophetic word to someone to sit there and go, I, I, I don't know the sins of your life. I keep going back to this, but I can sit there and go, hey, the Lord has just nudged me. There may be something destructive in your life that the Lord wants you to deal with. And that's it, right? I was not in, in, I was not given every juicy detail of the sin, but you could have sat there and bulged your eyes out knowing exactly what that is that the Lord's doing. But that's encouraging to you, knowing, oh man, like my heavenly father loves me enough to send that message to someone else that wants that sin out of my life type thing. So there are those moments, absolutely. I've had, I've had pastor friends sit there in counseling meetings. I was just talking to one recently and said I was counseling a man and uh, he just didn't want it. Side note, man, you need counseling. I know we got to set aside pride a lot of times. Um, it's a pride thing. But he was counseling the guy and, and he just felt like in the moment he said, <laughs> he said, you're having an affair, aren't you? The guy lost it. Just started bawling in the office. And, and of course, my friend's sitting there going, I had no inclination. I just felt the Holy Spirit say, ask that question. Word of knowledge. See, so he asked that question in that moment. Doosh. Tears. And then all of a sudden, he was able to use prophecy and encourage him now and had a word for him about the redemption of his marriage that and, could happen. And that's the overlap and I think the confusion that sometimes happened. JB, or is I think that what it's you're amazing, Ryan, to? what you're saying, because the, the Greek word for edification in that text is the root is oikos. Mm. This is a friend to a friend. Yeah. This is a person in your own circle. And it means yeah. an architecture, a structure, figuratively, a confirmation or a building. So it's like a friend coming to a friend, confirming something that maybe the Holy Spirit's already been saying to you. An oikos, a friend saying, hey, you know, I don't think it's good for you to do this, this. And you're like, oh, ah, man, God's already been telling me that. <laughs> it's not always. So the edification of prophecy I think a lot of times is within those trusted circles. Absolutely. It's not just some stranger coming up and saying, thus saith the Lord, you know. <laughs> it, it, could be, it could be just friends in passing saying, hey, would you think about this? And you don't know a prophetic word just happened. I read an article last week on the gift, because knowing the message, I, I was trying to be as read up on the gifts. Because a lot of these gifts are still like, hey, with some gifts that I don't have, I need to do a little more research because I don't have it. I want to understand it. And one, um, I was just reading an article on prophecy and, and the person was warning, like, be warned when people say, thus saith the Lord, like that. <laughs> like th their idea was, hey, if someone has it, make sure this person obviously will say, hey, will you take this and test it against scripture or what the Spirit's already been teaching you? Like that, that's the posture to have. And there and now and there can be a, a you know the corporate application of prophecy. You know, you talk about the oikos, you know, the friend and I mean we could talk we could get into like the model of church in first century. But I mean so I mean Paul's writing it and he, he ends first Corinthians fourteen. You know, first Corinthians uh uh fourteen three is where he talks about strengthening, comfort, da 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 da. But uh first Corinthians fourteen twenty four says but if because he's talking about order and worship, right? This is where he's talking about dude, like if they walk in and everyone's speaking in tongues, the 
the unbeliever is going to be like, dude, you guys are out of your mind. Right. But in, in 14.24, he says, but if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. JB, what do you got? And we see that scripture being applied in the bulk of the time in our service. As Ryan speaks yes. forth the word of God or whoever the pastor is that speaks forth, the substance and the consistency, the constitution of a person's heart is revealed. Yeah. It's opened up. I forgot to actually mention that in my message. I wanted to say, friends and family, you experience a prophetic word every single Sunday morning. Amen. Every single Sunday morning, you right. experience the prophetic word. Because the, the, the role of the prophet, right? If you, if you look in scripture, like the priest was the, the go-between, you know, between man and God going towards God. The prophet is the go-between going from God to man. And, and for those of you that are listening and you're part of the Radiant Life Church family, right? Like we just don't sit here every week and think, huh, what would be something really cool to talk about? I mean, there, there, there's intentionality in saying, hey, yeah. Lord, what do you want to say to this group of, of people? So, and then it is, it's that bringing, bringing God's worth. And there are yeah. times where you, you bring a word that is encouraging. There are times when you, you bring things to strengthen. There are times when you bring things to you know, so that and make a stretch uh, and grow. That criteria right? can be yeah. applied then, like you're saying, yeah. on a, on a And if morning. you're there and you're that person, I've heard this over and over, will get done and it's like, I had tears in my eyes. Are you sure you didn't have a camera on me all week? I promise you, I'm not a creeper. <laughs> we don't I did have, not have a have camera cameras anywhere. On I did house. not have a drone flying <laughs> over your car in your house. I had none of that. God used the word to strengthen, encourage, and comfort you. You heard exactly what Holy Spirit needed you to hear here in the word. Yeah, yeah. Love I think I could speak for all of us here. Verse 25 is the goal of every service at Radiant Life Church. The secrets of his heart are revealed, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Absolutely. We want God, we want God to be proclaimed in this place, and when people come in, as prophecy happens, they're saying, I want to worship this God that I just encountered, and I'm falling on my face now to do so. He's here in this place with yep. these people. And we know the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts of sin. So, yes. you know, it talks about, hey, yeah. the things are my sin. It doesn't mean that Ryan is on stage Listen, oh, hey, and Carl over there, like, man, he's doing this and he's doing this. But as, as the word is spoken, right, Holy Spirit will bring that conviction. Uh, and that is what uh, leads to repentance. Um, and not to shame you, by the way, because no. the Holy Spirit is loving, is gentle. They, <laughs> your heavenly father loves you. Conviction is done out of love, not to sit there and go, you are a failure. You suck at life. Like, how dare you? You know, that type of thing. It's like, no, you're not looking like Jesus to this world and to the people around you. There are things in your life that are hurting you and harming you, and we need to get that out of you type thing. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got to wrap it up, but I, I want to close with going a, a real quickly, going a slightly different direction. Um, and maybe this doesn't count as abuse of, of a gift, right? But talk for a minute to the person, because I don't know, are, are you getting into gifts anymore in the next couple of messages um spoiler there alert. is so much more to talk about because mm -hmm. um, i don't i don't i don't want to like, i think what's going to happen let, let me no i'm not going to talk about gifts the rest of this so-called holy spirit series but you're going to see a very you're going to see a theme of holy spirit all throughout 2021 where we will bring up 
topics such as gifts again. We'll bring up topics that I ha- weren't able to actually cover, so to speak, under the Holy Spirit series. But we will do other series with Holy Spirit definitely being main theme and influence there. So do you want me to wait on that question? No, you can just ask it Okay, now. so... <laughs> Uh, so just talk, talk briefly to the person who knows their spiritual gift, right? They, they have some awareness of, of what giftings they have, but they use that as an excuse not to serve. Does that make sense? So this is the person that says, oh, I have the gift of teaching. I will not do anything unless you put me in front of a room of people where I can yeah. teach. Yeah. Like I will, I will only yeah. do this. And, and then they, they don't actually do anything in, in the local church. If only that, that excuse actually works. I was having a conversation just yesterday. It's like, I do not have the spiritual gift of serving. I don't. This was you having a conversation and you were saying this about yourself? About myself. Okay. Yeah. But do I serve people? Absolutely. <laughs> but I can't sit there on the sidelines and sit there and go, no, I don't have that spiritual gift. I'm good. Sorry. Can't lift my finger to go help you right now. Like, no, let me go back to James really quick. Or in James, James 1, 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is someone like a mirror who looks at his, or yeah, is someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at it goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. Um, where else is it? Is it oh, uh, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And, and James goes on in other things about this idea of, hey, your faith without works is useless. It's dead type of thing. There are things that still need to get done. This is my big issue, and you know this. Sometimes with spiritual gifting testing, to sit there and go, oh, I never scored on I can sit in a nursery and rock a baby. That's right. That didn't show up on the test. <laughs> so you know what? I don't have to go in the nursery in the church and rock babies. But sit there and go. Sometimes there are things that just need to get done to sit there and go, I can do that. I'm willing to jump in. You know, I'm willing to go and do this. It's beautiful when we get to fully live into our gifting and be able to apply it within the church and avenues of it. But there are times when you sit there and go, hey, um, this also needs to get done. It's not getting done. Well, let's do it. Let's get it done type thing. Yeah. I know you probably have more to say on it because yeah. that was your question and you probably really <laughs> like that question too. Well, I do because I, I just, I think, uh, I think the majority of people probably don't know what their gift is, but I do think Absolutely. there are people that, uh, and, and now not always, not always in a jerk way because I think there are people that maybe they know what their spiritual gift is, but they look at what the church does and they're like, I don't really know how my gift fits in. Again, because yep. there isn't a, hey, I'm, I can sit in the nursery and rock babies and, and, and do all that. Um, but that's what, man, we would love. To, maybe you're supposed to start something new. Absolutely. Right? Maybe you have a gifting and, and God is going to use you in, in, in your local church to, to start something. Uh, here's the thing, man, if you have a burden for something, um, be, be willing to be part of whatever the, the solution is to address that need or that group of people or that whatever it is. Yes. Um, but also, you know, here at Radiant Life, for, uh, for those of you that are part of this local church, uh, we do our Next Steps experience, and we're working on something brand new uh, to really help you uh, drill in to discover your purpose. We look at your spiritual giftings, uh, the things that you have a passion for, your personality, your experiences, your natural abilities, and try to help you come to like a, a well-rounded understanding of how you are wired to make a difference in people's lives. There's, there's no excuse for us to not live into what Holy Spirit has given us. Holy Spirit gives us gifts to build up the body. Uh, man, 
Jesus, Jesus said, hey, it's better for me to go away so that you get this gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and he gives us this gift to build up the church, to point people back to Jesus. So Jesus went to the cross to allow this to happen, like in a sense, right? How dare we sit there and say, nah, yeah. I don't know if I want to use this, or I just don't know how. Like, ignorance is not an excuse. So, yep. I mean, it isn't. And even if you don't think like, I, th I think sometimes we can get so narrow-minded saying this gifting can only work in this type of ministry also. And I, I see that the church doesn't have that ministry, so I can't use my gift. No, sit down with someone, a trusted friend, another strong believer, sit down with a pastor and sit and sit there and go, hey, let's come up with something. You know, hey, what about this idea? You can use your gift to, oh my goodness, you know, that type of thing. But I will, I will say this in the most um, encouraging and challenging way is, but you got to own things too. Right, like we pastors can't own every single ministry. Excuse me, every single ministry that there is, and um, there are times where we've had this happen where we didn't have a ministry. Two people came to us with a certain gifting that they have. We've blessed it and said, "Go and serve the church and those people in that way," and they have, which we love because the ones that are really frustrating are when you. And this happens maybe more often, right? You'll have people, and I'm, I'm not. I don't want to question their intentions, right? But but people. People say, oh, you guys should really do a ministry for this. And I've had conversations. Oh, like, so you want to, like, you want to head this up? Well, no, I just, I just think you guys should. No, no, don't, don't sit here and, like, bring me things like, oh, like, I think we should do this. But then you don't want to be part of the, <laughs> you don't yeah. want to be part of it. <laughs> and those two ladies, you know who you are. Thank you so much for what you did. Because it was a, we were just not, we, were, we weren't hitting that area. And these two ladies came in with a burden and with a gifting. You put those things together, and they're blessing people now. Yep. And it's, it's, we needed that here. Um, it's just we couldn't constantly own. And I, I love every Radiant Lifer. Our plates are spinning already. It's just like how many more do we add versus, <laughs> again, our job, equip the people to do the work the yeah, yeah. ministry that's out there. You guys have giftings. You can. It's just maybe a conversation that needs to happen. And we'll give the blessing and run with it, and you will be blessed. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm going to throw this challenge out there as we close. Um, again, this has been episode 47. We're coming up on episode 50. If you submit a question, I, I've already there's already a $20 gift card in it, right? Because everyone who submits a question, we're going to do a drawing of those to get a $20 gift card. I will, I, will, I will buy you also, I will draw a name and I will buy you a copy of Forgotten God by Francis Chan. Um, so, so go ahead and throw, uh, shoot your questions in and, and we'll, we'll pick one of those and I'll, I'll uh, make sure you, if you <laughs> email, give us your contact info. Otherwise I won't know where to send you your book. Um, also, before <laughs> any listener or viewer runs out and buys this, all these copies of this book, can I just say, hang on beyond yeah. Christmas. Wait like... That's all two I'm weeks. Okay. Wait two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> all right. There it is. But hey, this has been episode 47. What was that? If you believe in Santa. <laughs> then yes, Santa might bring you one of those. You'll just stay. Radiant Lifers, stay, stay tuned. That's what we're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hey, this has been episode 47. My name is Josh Herma. Again, my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb. Anything you want to say in farewell? Hey, man, let's live into uh, the giftings of the spirit. It's going to be awesome. Rock God's roll. got more. We would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, share, all those good things to get out the word of what Holy Spirit is doing. And maybe there are people that you know that don't know what their spiritual gifts are. Or maybe you know people that they're really nervous about pursuing Holy Spirit because, eh, what if he's weird? Man, we would love it if you would share this podcast 
with them, try to give them some tools to try to pursue Holy Spirit in their life. But uh, hey, we look forward to seeing you next time for episode 48 of Radiant Reflections. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.